everyone, and welcome to another episode of Zing This. Yes, we are back to the world of Vox Machina. You got me. Oh my gosh, I forgot my character name for a second. Uh, Merrick Odinson. There we go. And you got me, Clogarberg. Ooh, nice. I like that. I like, like that. And we have a new member joining our party on this adventure. Hello, it's me, Hope Mallory Malis, your run-of-the-mill, not-your-average-necromancer. Ooh, nice, nice. Uh, my car- uh, Merrick was a ranger, I want to say. I can't remember. It, it, it was like one of my first characters I created. I cannot remember because I think I just went melee with it. Like, I do everything. But Welcome! Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. We are back to talking about, I mean, if you read the title of the episode, you'll know we're back to the world of Vox Machina. So we are excited to cover the next set of episodes because we're doing this in small chunks because there's a lot to chew on with this show. So we wanted to kind of, kind of boil, we wanted to, we were talking about food prior to this. I think every reference I'm going to make or every thing I'm going to say is going to be some food-related thing. So so we, we, are, we are boiling this down and getting into the nitty-gritty of the next three episodes. So, little quick, quick. I'm, I'm not going to go beat for beat, but we, um, our course is going to be starting on episode four. But prior to that, we, of course, had the adventure we covered last, ep- last time we talked about Vox Machina. Uh, with them fighting a dragon, which was pointed out by our guest at the time, Adam, that that was actually something that was not part of the like initial critical role campaign or stuff that they had. It was something that was mentioned, but this is the first time we got to sort of see it, quote unquote, if I'm correct with that. Yes, uh, yes. Vox Machina's t- Twitch stream started essentially in media rest, like midway through an already existing campaign. So... That's something that new viewers always get confused about. Like, oh, why is it just starting in the middle of something versus, oh, these are a bunch of new party goers meeting each other for the first time. Which, by the way, in the limited amount of d and I've done, that's always the most awkward part of, like, how do you set up the characters meeting each other aside from just going, we're going on an adventure, let's do this. <laughs> At so, the pub, obviously. I, it, it all it all starts at a pub. At a Every bar. adventure I've ever gone on has started at a pub. It or, has to, or a tavern. Tavern. Hey, yes. I'm tavern. also I'm also game ma- uh, game master for a campaign, and I had my partiers meet at a carnival to shake things up. So, ooh, nice. That is that is different. I, I like that. But were they also getting drunk at the carnival? Because really, I mean, that's just a, a tavern at a carnival. No, they. They got really into trying to get pretzels, like out of all the things. Ooh, 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 like that nice. was their that was their goal. And I'm like, you know, you're also trying to eliminate evil from this world. And they were like, but pretzels. Pretzels. <laughs> okay. Since since I have only played on the I, I guess on 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 the other side of the board, I've I've never done a I've never DM'd yet. One two. But as we have somebody that has, correct? Yes. Okay. I, I okay, actually good. just ran a campaign for Eric, sorry, Clogar the other yes. day. So Perfect. That was my first like real true like I played with you that one time Zinger that you invited me to like drop in. And I played once or twice scatter, but I really didn't have the grasp and Kyra was kind enough to do a one shot campaign with me and I had a fucking blast. Awesome. So as somebody oh, that so you're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> and, well, whatever, whatever. You 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 said it quickly enough the sensors won't catch it. So Difference. So difference between playing as just an average player and playing as a DM, as as you were saying, sitting there having to be like, there there is a world. Why are you guys focusing on pretzels? Is is has is does that come up for you? Because I feel like if, if I was a DM at some point, I just have my hand like permanent, like my hands in front of my face, going, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Just can can you go talk to that guy over there? He looks very interesting. Yeah, there. You play this, you have to kind of toe the line between completely railroading your party so they do exactly what you want them to, you know, when they want to. But the magic of the game is really just keeping the game moving, keeping that world so open. And the hardest part, but the most rewarding part about being a DM or GM is being able to think on the fly when something that you don't account for, like happens and you get to reward your players for their creativity and for their ingenuity for 
you know, being so clever and thinking of ways to essentially even outsmart you. Oh, what is it? A point of inspiration you can give I out? I do, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I reward inspiration. <laughs> and I also, um, but I, at the same time, there's also, I also run my games with giving consequences within reason. Like one of my players tried to burn down an entire tent full of people. And I was like, sure, there will be consequences if you are successful with this, but like, <laughs> go, you know, go for it. Like, this is your world. I'm just here to, you know, tell you if your actions are successful or not. There was something I did. Oh, it 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 was um, it wasn't me. It was a, it was another individual. I'm trying to remember what his character's name was for that. But it was like the 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 original campaign everyone plays. Uh, everyone walked around a, uh this hole and um, they decided to jump over it. So of course. They had to roll for it and rolled terribly, so they got fall damage from basically slamming face first into the ground on the other side of the hole. <laughs> it, it it was it, Eric. I'll I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this without saying whose name it is, but it's the other person you know that plays D and D. Oh, I knew exactly. I knew before you even said that. I knew exactly who it was. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was about to say you, 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 you know the kind of person this is. So it's just my. Oh, I know who it is. Oh, my my, <laughs> my character's gonna jump across the hole. Our DM just stared at him and went, "Roll." <laughs> for for what? Roll. Just just roll and tell me what 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 you get. And then he's like, "Okay, what's your athletic?" Yeah, you slam face first into the ground and take one damage. Oh, that, just one damage? That's nice. My uh, it, necromancer character got almost died from like not even something that I did. Like snow fell on her and then she just almost died cuz she was buried in the ice. So, you know, I'm like, "Wow, that's so kind." That's good Th- quickly. This was I think like day one of like that first I, i'm trying to remember the mine the mine campaign or whatever it is that that like one that everyone plays when you begin it, it, it was like day one like minute 20 of us playing and that's how the dm kind of was like i'm gonna lay down how this is gonna go now so like, like i said it was fun and everything i just wanted to get that perspective real quick because like i said i want to be on the other side of that i just feel like i would be either the worst person or the best person at it i would you- have no in between yeah, you, there are moments when you will be face palming, out of love and admiration, but also just sheer, really to your characters. But man, it, it's it's fun. I I I love running the game. It it's fun. Uh, I I had fun. Like I said, I had fun. I had a blast with the the Clogar campaign. But Zinger, you also have done a good job when we've done our Halloween episodes that are basically run like D and D campaigns. Yeah, like I think you do a good job of like setting up a world that's you know very very wacky but also like populated by this one specific like trope or category of characters you do a good job of like doing that like that that good balance of like here's the world i set up but i i can roll with the punches of what you're trying to do well and and the best thing with that is most of the time i just have a list of things you're going to come across and they're numbered so i roll a dice and it's like oh this is going to come out now i got to figure out how to make this work in this world now, right. because I, I don't pre like there's there's certain things with those I'll pre pick out that, that have to happen. But there's other stuff to where it's like it was seriously you just here. And I'm like, oh, you encounter this. Yes, I got dice in hand so we can have that nice Foley effect. Um, <laughs> a, another thing is one of when we were doing um, Curse of Strahd, there was a certain point where our DM like had his had his hands like was sitting there and we had talked to so he just went okay i'm gonna be real with you guys i'm just gonna restart start repeating dialogue because there's nothing else for you guys to do in this area but move on and we're like oh he's like i'm treating this like a video game you've you've done all the dialogue trees with everybody so you can just redo them and that's it and we're like oh we can move on he goes yes and then we promptly decided to go like do something completely away from the campaign so once again great stuff um, I did want to, like I said, I know we got distracted there for a minute with this, but it was fun because it goes all into playing D&D, which is what this is. Now, you were not here for, of course, the first three episodes of this, of the, of Box Machina. What are your thoughts, Kyra, on the first three episodes? First three episodes, I think overall, without spoiling the future episodes, I think with each trio of episodes, the pacing gets increasingly better. Um, I know a lot of people complained a lot about the first two episodes because it was coming out of nowhere. You know, it was they didn't like the dragon stuff. But uh, episode three, I really like that it begins to set up that Briarwood arc, which is such a quintessential 
story that happens in Critical Role Campaign 1. Yeah. And and by the way, the other thing is I'm watching a lot of this stuff fresh and it just so happened when I watched, I was like three episodes. That's a good stopping point for, for the first one. And it's great because it has, a, it has the arc and then it has the setup for the next one. And this one has the continuation of that arc. And then it has a big setup at the final episode of what we're going to be doing. Like I said, I am not doing this intentionally. It's just sometimes stuff just works out perfectly for you. Um, mm-hmm. Who is who was your favorite character in the first three episodes or favorite characters in the first three? Not the ones we're about to talk about, because we'll get into that in a moment. Oh, me or Eric? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, 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 Kyra. I was about to say, oh, Eric's okay. probably, I don't know, Scanlan. I, I'm trying to remember what I said in the episode. I think I, I think it was between Sorry. Scanlan and, and Grog. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, mo- most people's choices. Go ahead. My favorite character in this show, 100%, I think, is Grog. Just because I love Travis William. I love Grog as the lovable idiot with a heart of gold. And I do have a soft spot for Keyleth. And that one I didn't expect. And that's solely with the animated series. Watching the campaign, my favorite character, 100%, was Vax. Vax, Vox, uh, try, try, trying to get, I, I have to pull up a, I, even though I watch this show and I love it, I still had to pull up a character list. Cause I'm like, I'm going to say Vex and mean Vox and it's just going to be, it's just going to be a fun time. So with the next three episodes that we had watched, Eric, who was your favorites through these three episodes? Favorite character without spoiling anything. Who was your um, favorite? I really liked Percy. Like I liked him at first, but like I just finding out more about his backstory and just how tied he is to this quest they're going on and just just the the creepiness of 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 when he he pulls the uh the plague doctor mask on and starts uh going through and, and killing people. It's just the just, just he's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And and I've always been a fan of like when it's like a fantasy setting and there's something more like, you know, mechanical or whatever like a gunslinger in a fantasy world conversely like if there's like a magic user in a sci-fi world like that i've always kind of liked those kinds of characters so i think i like percy's kind of being a a kind of a a man of science in this fantasy world um so i like him for that but just his just his how you can you start to see him starting to lose control as he's trying to get vengeance and just oh man it was i yeah i I really like percy a lot all right do 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 you have a Two and three, or are you just going with Percy? Because you are more than welcome. I mean, honestly, I really like all the characters. I really think this show does a good job of giving all of the characters time to shine. Um, And I I thought the first three episodes, I thought that with the episodes four, five, and six that we're talking about today, like, um, I I really couldn't. I I picked Percy just because I think he starts taking much more prominence and starts seeing his... uh, his involvement with the uh, with the plot even more, but overall, um, I will. Oh, you know what? Outside of the Vox Machina gang, though, I will say I do really like. Um, God, why am I blanking on his name? Percy's friend, who's the leader of the. Oh, Archie. Rebels. Archie, yes, I love Archie. He's he's really cool. I do what? like Archie a lot. I love that they got Don Monahan to voice yes. him. Yes, I as soon as I did, I, as I was watching it the first time, I was like. Who is that? Like, even though that's not his actual voice, I could still like pick him up. I was like, that's someone I know. When I saw it was him, I was like, oh, hell yeah. We got, uh, we got, uh, we got Monahan in here. So, um, yeah, I do like of the, of the non Vox Machina, uh, crew. Uh, I, I do really like Archie. I actually, I, I was worried for a second because I was like, oh no, he's going to steal my pick <laughs> because I have a non pick as well. So I will go next. My, my top one for this, Percy is still up there for me. I, I I remember Percy was one I said on the last one. I said he doesn't do much in the first two episodes. He's just kind of just there. Yeah. But the third episode made up for that. This continuing diving more into him is is um is is awesome. Kaleth actually came in for me in this one because she's coming more into her own in these episodes. Plus, as been established before, I like tigers, and she does her first, um, she morphs into the saber-toothed cat in this episode, yes. which I does have stripes, so tiger technically counts. Technically <laughs> counts. Now, while um, 
characters like Grog, like Scanlan, definitely have their moments. And Vox has their, I mean, Ve- I already did it. Ve- Vex has, has his moments and everything. Vex. I, Vex. God. <laughs> yeah, I got to mix up too. I, I, it, it is we what just a hundred... a, We just need a Bucks and a and a Vix, and then we've got all the, the vowels. Ah, <laughs> oh, be awful. Um, I I I get the joke of, of course, the um, from from the song that uh, Scanlan does. While they are close contenders, there is one character that takes the cake, and. Ironically, when we did our last episode, Honest Trailers did a kind of discussion on, I mean, did their little Honest Trailer on Vox Machina. And I think the greatest enemy they face and the greatest character is that door that they cannot get through. (laughs) I I, I know it's one of those things, but trust me, I've played enough D&D to know that doors are seriously the worst things in the world to have to come up against. Like... How often do you walk through a door in, in real life and not think about it? In D&D, you think every angle of that door. Like, you inspect it. You get somebody to do an arcana <laughs> check. You get somebody to do, like, a history check on it. and, and Like, the, the fact oh, they had... Oh, I know a thing about doors. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, also, there, 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 was a, there was a part in episode three where the door gets stuck and Grog just kicks it out out of its hinges and everything when they're when they're at their little mansion everything which isn't on the previous one but i just remember that yes yeah, so so kudos to um honest trailers for having the door be in there because like, like, like i said that that is such a great scene and i love it and also of course on a side note we'll talk about it but scandal has his little beret on during that episode i mean during that part which is hilarious So I'm actually reading the uh, Critical Role book. It's kind of a biography of sorts where they detail the backstory of, you know, how the show came to be, the Twitch stream. And there is a section of this book just dedicated to doors. So they they acknowledge as well the issue with doors in D&D. Oh, it's it's one of those things. I feel like you, non-D&D players are like, why is that such a big deal? D&D players are like, yes. Also... Um, treasure chest mimics that too, which I don't think this show as of right now, hasn't had a reference to. Nope. Not yet. Okay. I don't or know what's coming. Be? I don't know. I, I don't know if there's one coming. I'm only on episode six, like episode six is the final one I watch on that note. Who are your three? Do you, do you have a top three for this, for this three episode set? Like, oh, three characters or three? Three characters, three things, anything you want to throw out there before we get into discussing the episodes. Well, I guess if we're talking about non-Vox Machina party characters, I've got to say, I do love Delilah. She is bad. She loves her husband. And, you know, the world can go to... uh, Nope, can't swear. The world can (laughs) go to the fiery pits of hell. But as long as she's got her man by her side, like, let let no man tear asunder perfect awesome i i i do like where where i've started to see that go any anyone else no i i just yeah you love to hate the briarwoods but dang i just i do like them yeah oh they're awesome villains they're very awesome villains i guess like no I'll, i'll keep the spoilers outside of vox like the legend of vox machina but man the briarwoods like their appearance in other one shots and in um oh, sorry that's my dog squeaking um i guess this is a good spoiler delilah it delilah oh hi sorry again my dog delilah plays a really strong role in the third campaign of critical role where Ooh. the party is now called bell's hells and mini spoiler that i can that kind of ties into this episode and then that's a great segue probably but she actually becomes a warlock patron of one of the uh, player characters played by Marisha Ray's. Uh, uh, sorry, played by uh, Marisha Ray's, and her character's name is Laudna. And you later find out throughout the campaign that Laudna is actually one of the bodies that was hung from the sentry in episode five. Yes, uh, we'll, we will get to that. Yes, and I was like, that. maybe I should mention that now before we go into it. But I was like, man, I just love that the Briarwoods are like a Christmas gift that keep on giving horrible, horrible things. But man, it's like <laughs> such a like how a tiny little 
maybe lying and Percy's backstory has given so much to the lore of this world. And it's, I love it. I, I, I like this too, because, um, as you said, just, just small lines of detail have these whole entire things go into them. Uh, much like another nerd thing, Star Wars, where they took a line of not even spoken dialogue, but just a line of cr text crawling created one of probably the best episodes. I mean, best, um, movies Star Wars has done, uh, Rogue One. Uh, on that note, though, we are going to go into Shadows at the Gate. Oh, this is, this is a good episode because it's a kind of like, it's, it's a bottleneck episode in a sense of like, quote unquote, um, TV tropes. And I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be, but it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's set in one setting for the most part. The characters are all set in one area and have one thing to take care of, um, this was a great episode because it has, I, I'm going to try to do my favorite line or favorite moments too. My favorite line is where Vox Machina, Vox Machina gets put under house arrest and Grog's response to that is how can you arrest the house? And, <laughs> and Pike going, oh, come on, big guy. Like it is such a, it was, oh my gosh, it was one of those things to where it took like a serious moment and completely deflated it with humor perfectly. Um, so anyways, due to the events of the previous night and everything with them attacking, uh, the Briarwoods and whatnot, they are put under house arrest because they're basically enemy of the enemy of the crown and whatnot. So they're put under house arrest. They still have the book. Uh, of course, you get some some stuff going back and forth. You get some little character development from Percy because this is the episode where Percy gives his backstory and everything um, to them. But while this is all going on, Delilah, wanting to retrieve her book, sends... Um, a, what are they, okay? Because I'm going to say Rafes, and I feel like that's not correct. I don't... I, well, I know whatever it is, it, it is they are not officially licensed by D and D in this show. So if it is, it'll have to be something that's not. It's either in public domain or they have to rename it. Let's go with <laughs> wraiths. They they have wraiths sent after the, sent sent to get them, and this um the the place they they're staying at has like um guards around it because they're under house arrest. Both them and the house itself, as pointed out by um Grog. And uh, these things basically slaughter a ton of people making their way in and come after our our intrepid group of adventurers. Here's the cool thing. I'm 100% correct that that's necrotic damage. It is. It is. Oh, it's one of those things. Necrotic damage was something weird when, I, when we had it happen to us in one of our campaigns. This is like once I saw it, I'm like, this is the perfect way to show how that works. In my, in so my opinion. You call, yeah, I, when I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, that's necrotic damage. And then I even checked on Reddit and people were like, the way that the animators depicted necrotic damage. And then, <clears> you know, <throat> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I love that. That was awesome way that was done. Um, during this episode, we also get a little, little peek with what's going on with Pike because she's having trouble connecting with the Everlight. So we got that going on. And then them setting up uh, Keyleth as the, like, new healer, the new magic user and everything. With them trying to be like, hey, can we get some light? And she's not confident in herself yet. But that moment where she makes that sun at the end oh, of that's it. So oh, cool. it's such moment a great. Of yes. And then um, to, to, I was about to say, yes, I will use, a, I will use my one-time cuss word. I love that the entire group then shit stomps these things. Literally, <laughs> quite figuratively and literally, literally. I love Percy. Like he gets the one down. He's just stomping it. And it goes at a great yes. angle. <laughs> it is such a great moment. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys have any notes from this particular episode. I thought it was a great, like, like, like I said, one, one, one little thing before they like transitioning still from one adventure to the nut to the next. Yeah. I, I liked episode four was great. I liked that they even included Ashley Johnson's real life, um, having to split away from the party with Pike mm -hmm. going to the temple to explore the Everlight, Saren Ray in campaign one, but 
Yeah, I, I like that they even put it in so we were able to experience how the campaign was going as well. And I like that they set it up and, you know, once we get into either or into the other episodes, you even get more of a Pike story versus it's just all happening like off screen. I, I, I like that. I know that was something that was mentioned before in a pre in our previous episode that there was, you know, a reason that that character goes off. It was a slight spoiler, but you kind of see the pieces fall into place for that. Um, so that was great. Uh, Eric, do you got any notes on this episode? Or are you ready to move on to the, Fate's Journey? The sense, the sense of atmosphere in Shadows at the Gates was fantastic. Like, they did such a good job just making you truly feel terrifying. Like, you, like these people, everyone, Vox Mach and other guards, everyone, they were terrified of these things, mm-hmm. everybody, these, the race or whatever. And they did a good job of making them genuinely creepy and the animation was was top notch and uh, i being the D noob i did not know about necrotic damage but I, I know exactly what you're talking about and i thought that was such a good way to show how they were taking damage and everything like that. i'm like what is going on there that is that's gross and, and scary and creepy but i thought it was really great um really a really great horror episode um so yeah this is this is a this is a fun one good one to kick back off for the, the next series of episodes to view I, I think when we dealt with necrotic damage in one of my campaigns, the the DM did say that like the the I like I tried to swipe at something and it reached through me to do the damage, and that was really cool because when because most of them when they like get the damage like especially Grog he gets picked up and you can see like the hands go through his chest but back into him to pick him up like it's it's really cool the way they they, they did the animation for this fantastic job awesome. Um, all right, moving on to Fate's journey. Um, after getting supplies from from Gilmore, and after Pike, of course, leaves the party to go try to reconnect with the Everlight, uh, much like Ellie has done for this episode. I don't know if she's connecting with the Everlight or <laughs> connecting with uh, the Firefly series again. I don't know, but she will, of course, return for a later episode. Um, sorry, I realized I did not mention the absence of Ellie and. Much like Pike, she has gone off on her own journey for a little bit. But don't worry, she will return. Unlike Pike, which we didn't know what was going to happen with that. But I, even though I haven't gotten to the point, I do know that she does come back from one everyone saying she comes back. And I did see a slight spoiler. So, whoops on me. Anyways, Fate's <laughs> journey um, after going to Gilmore as they set out to Whitestone. Um... They, of course, get a little bit more on Percy's backstory and everything, which I do like that they delve a little bit more into that. Uh, you, of course, get Grog's depression with the absence of Pike because I, I guess they had something established prior to because it kind of shows it in, like, the opening cinematic that, like, why did I say something? The, the, um, the, the show opener that they were, like, together before this, I guess, is the oh, setup. He, oh, yeah. Would you like a little exposition on that one? Yes. I would love it. Yeah, so basically, Grog, they cannot use the word Goliath in the show because of copyright. But uh, Grog is a Goliath, and he was supposed to kill a gnome as part of, like, his... Uh, induction into his barbarian clan and he could not do it and Grog was exiled from his clan his tribe and it turns out that the gnome he saved was Pike's grandfather so Grog was raised alongside Pike oh. and that's one of his friends that's yeah. sweet that's very sweet that is yeah, really it's, sweet it's so cute and I like their friendship they are just they're buddies and it's yeah. it's so cute all right really so is. so I'm I'm assuming from Eric's asking about that that it's never talked about in the show. This this particular no. show. Okay. See, I like that this that this show has a lot of stuff going on that they don't explain. And you kind of have to know what's going on in the other medias to, to get the full picture. I mean, because I just thought that they were just two adventurers that happened to be together beforehand. Or that's the way their characters were set up. But that is an interesting story. And I like the fact that I, I actually, that improves this show for me. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 buds. I just uh, I I really love them. Yeah, and I got and it, it, it is implied. And I was like, clearly they've done something together, and like they met up. And of course, they're very. You have the you have the big brutish, um, the big brutish barbarian, and then the tiny little uh, paladin, and they're very different characters. But oh, the, cleric. cleric. Yeah, cleric. 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 Sorry, Come on, Eric. Yeah. Come on. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait a second, I said the wrong. <laughs> um, 
but uh, the fact that they're so very different in terms of like how their character classes are, but then like I, I feel like they make a good complement for each other. But I'm I'm glad to have that little more of a backstory. So yeah, that was cool. That's awesome. And not even like not even spoilers, but Ashley Johnson later plays a barbarian in Campaign Two. And you can just tell that Travis is so proud of her for being in, like being a barbarian. So anytime she uh, says in the show, like, I'm going to rage, like Travis just like, he's still her buddy. And he just hypes her up every time. And he's like, yeah, he like rage. And <laughs> it's just cute seeing that buddy, that friendship just carry on, you know, even like outside the, the realm. But they just they're so cute. And I love it. So. Also in this episode, one, it's a traveling episode, so I'm sure during the actual Critical Role campaign, um, the DM kept saying, okay, roll. All right, continue. Okay, roll. <laughs> continue. Because I, I know whenever our our parties were traveling and most of the stuff I've done, it's always every now and then the D, we'd be talking about something and the DM would be like, hey, can one of you roll real quick? For what? Just roll. <laughs> and it's always like, uh, you do it, you do it. You've had better luck this time. So, um, I, I, was terrifying too. If they say, don't, if they say, don't worry about it, you're like, Oh, Oh, then you should uh, absolutely worry about it. (laughs) Uh, but I, I, I like that in this, um, I, I like them going back to Gilmore's as well. That's a, of course, as pointed out in the previous episode, that is a huge, um, I guess, treasure trove of fan service and everything else. Like I said, for me, I don't understand most of it. Oh, wait, no, no, this is, sorry, this is the episode where they get the, where they, where they get the bag of goodies to take down vampires, including, like, the holy water and stuff, and the fire. Yes. Sorry, I was, like, sitting there, I'm like, wait, I'm missing something in this, and that's it. Um, they also, of course, commandeer a cart, quote-unquote, and, um, go, and they get chased by demon dogs? Yeah, let's go with demon dogs. Um, those aren't copyright. And no, those are not hot sauce infused hot dogs for anyone wondering. I was going to say, it sounds like a, it sounds like a food item. Sounds like devil dog at hot dog land or whatever. I, I, I just imagine it's a regular hot dog, but it's injected with, God, I am coming. This is a food episode. All of a sudden it is injected with, um, with hot sauce in the middle. Does that sound good? I I put hot sauce on hot dogs anyway. I, I mean, or what if it's a hot dog and the bun has horns on it and it's not spicy at all. It's just a regular hot dog. Oh, what about like, they were just like those little like bugles, bugle horns. Ooh. You know? Ooh. Oh, I like that. Oh, and it, yeah. oh it's, it's got chili and they're stuck in the chili. Like, dude, oh, oh, oh like we it. have right. created the perfect. Let's sign off. Let's go make some hot dogs I'm now. Hungry Let's go. now right? All right. We, we're done with this episode. Anyways, we'll be back later. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, I keep, when I, when I say devil dog and saying it that way, I'm like, I keep thinking of the brood witch from Aqu- Aqua Team Hunger Force, which I think that does have <laughs> horns on it too. Um, but no, back to this episode. Uh, we get a little bit more backstory with Percy, which, um, which is great. We get a little explanation. Th- yeah, th- this is the episode where we get the explanation on his gun and everything, which in this world is still, or is sorry, his, um, his pepper box there. That that's why I was yeah. like, I know it's called something very particular. It's, it's a pepper box. Um, we would get a little bit of backstory on that, get a little bit more backstory on him, which I like how they're drawing this out and tying it into the overall theme. Uh, and then there's names inscribed on the barrels, on, on each one of the barrels, except for one doesn't have one. Is is is, mm. is, there, is there is there something going on there? Is there something? Is is that setting up? So I'm I'm asking because I know from discussing we're gonna about to have next episode that that's like the the names on the barrels are people who've wronged him or that were part of his family's downfall and everything. So. I'm just, I would just say keep. I would say keep watching because we're trying to keep it spoiler free for the yeah. rest of the season. I mean, I will, I, I'll, I will plead. I will plead the fifth. I um also during this whole time um, Keyleth and um Scanlon are going through the book, trying to decipher it and trying to get the hang of it. Um, I'm assuming there's foreshadowing with them talking about the um ziggurat stuff. Because that seems significant for some reason. You mean the zigzag twat? What, what do you call it? The, uh... I can't remember. Zipper twat. Zipper twat. Zipper twat. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm assuming that once again, 
I'm assuming that's set up because it's, it, it was it was one of those things where I'm like, that's not like specific. Uh, and also, once again, D&D, it's kind of like those like roll for, you know, knowledge check or something. And and I, I, I like the way it's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with this, but um, I also favorite moment in this episode for me. Keyleth getting angry and you seeing the tiger, like the, the slip pupils when she did that roar thing. Yeah. Kind of alluding cool. to the tiger transformation later. Um, Eric, do you have any moments from this episode or anything from this particular one? Just that last bit where they get to Whitestone and they oh. see, they see the dead villagers hang, hanging from the tree and dressed like them. Uh, and of course we saw those villagers earlier being invited by the, uh, by the whatchamacallits to to and, and you see the little girl talking like oh do we want a prize oh boy like and you could and they actually got like a kid they didn't get an adult like that was clearly a kid making that voice which i think just adds to the uh the 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 emotion of these villagers who were killed to to mock and taunt and uh mess with box mock and i was just oh that that shot and just like it's they're you know they're it's us it wasn't that the last line of the episode where they mm-hmm. realized yeah. they seem hanging there yeah uh creepy a chilling moment now i would like to put on my fun fun fact cap for a second even though i don't like i said i've established my knowledge on this is what i've seen in the show but i have watched a like um it's not a spoiler thing but it's just things you may have missed and it points out that grog's character that the one they hang for grog has a beard and apparently he has a beard in later campaigns i'm guessing i don't know 100 i just know that was pointed out no, not related, but interesting correlation. Okay, I just, I, it was just something that was like pointing out different things and it pointed out, they're like, character has a beard, he has a beard later in like the campaign or something. Uh, anyways, did you have anything from this episode that stuck out to you or that you want to talk about or do you oh, want to talk about hanging people? This, oh God, that, that honestly, when it's Eric creepy. told me... It is. When Eric told me that y'all were recording Vox Mach- Legend of Vox Mach, and I specifically wanted to be on the episode where y'all discussed the sun tree because, my God, it was uh, specifically the bodies hanging from the sun tree. I was like, that to me was like so good. So I was so excited when you did say four, five, six. I'm like, yes, <laughs> sun tree episode. Like, let's go. <laughs> so that's really the one that stood out to me. And like I said earlier, it's just the fact that that played a future role for you know continued critical role like man it's just even those tiny throwaway characters that are just meant to leave a message play such a bigger role down the line um the way that they depicted the animation of those bodies hanging from the tree i think it did such justice to how matt mercer was describing those bodies hanging from the tree for his players at the table it's just uh, it, it's moving, it's shocking, it's jarring, and it it's awesome in a gruesome way. Awesome. I mean, awesome description, not awesome thing that happened. Um, <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> awesome uh, for us, uh, the viewer. <laughs> yeah, it, t- it takes our breath away, not in necessarily a good way. Uh, the next episode, Spark of Rebellion, takes place like, right, it picks up like right after that. Yeah. Um, they... They go. They go to join the Vox Machina. Goes to join the um, rebellion against the Briarwoods. Uh, Percy's, of course, old friend um, Archibald, as Eric pointed out earlier, one of his more. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was Eric earlier. Uh, one of his yeah. more favorite characters was captured by Captain Stonefell, which it, it is pointed out that that is one of the names on the barrel of Percy's pepper box. So vengeance. We will have vengeance in this episode. Um, of course, uh, we have them, um, trying to infiltrate and get in to save him. Uh, and the true villain of the show and my favorite character, the door, um, also, um, favorite lines in this for me, uh, why do we don't, you, you shouldn't split up the party. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love how not only do you not split the party, but then the party splits up later when, uh, Percy tries to climb in the wind, like, for a show that's as serious as it is, I like the humor that's thrown in there. And that is a 100% D&D campaign thing bleeding through. Um, what was the response when, when Scanlan brought up? He's like, when have we ever had success? 
splitting up the party and she was like, why don't you shut the fuck up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the response was just hilarious. And I'm like, that's absolutely the kind of conversation that you would have, not on the adventure like that you would think of like in a Tolkien fantasy, but a bunch of people sitting around a table playing D&D. That's absolutely the kind of conversation that you would be having. No, it, it was perfect. I, I, I love that. I, I love the whole thing with them trying to, that, like, like I said, the, the door scene is great because I can just see just the failed roles trying to get through this door and then the failed, I guess, athletic check or strength check with Percy trying to climb in through the window and then the door just gets opened and they get uh, a pee bucket thrown on them, which yeah. I, I, I said, yeah, there's there, there there's other stuff going on like with, with the other group, but this, I, I love this. Uh, and this is the one we also get a little bit delved into the sun tree with Keyleth, if I am remembering correctly. Sorry, even though we're doing these in parts, um, two of these episodes kind of bleed together a little bit for me because they do pick up one after the other. So that's why I'm trying. I'm like, it does this. Yeah, she sees like a piece of the sun tree and then she tries to talk to it, but nothing happens. Uh, except for catching stuff on fire. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, I, I I like this. We we also get the um, the reappearance of the um, bag of holding in this, which I do like when it pops up because it's just this bag that's not that big, but they'll throw like everything into it, like because he Trinket's had that like. In it. Hmm? Do what? I thought was trinket in it or no? Trinket's in a locket. It's in. You can put anything in a bag of holding. Well, no, Trinket's back, like, at their, like, base during this. During this. I I was about to say. uh, Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm I'm getting real campaign and TV show mixed (laughs) up. Sorry, sorry. Wait, so Trinket's in a locket, you said? Yeah, like, there was, like, a mechanic that, because they were tired of keeping Trinket, like, traveling with the party so there was a locket that like trinket could fit in and it <laughs> eased with the transport of a bear okay amazing it, uh, am, am i the only it's 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 a pun isn't it like a trinket like 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 a small locket is called a trinket or could be conferred con, it, it, I was sorry. I was about to say I know this show has a lot of punny stuff like vox machina word thing so I mean that's what you would refer to, like oh oh I oh you know I have this trinket here. Am, am, am I the only one with this? I think so. Sorry, dude. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm like I'm like sitting. I'm like oh my gosh, it makes perfect sense. It's a play on words, and apparently I'm just off. I you know what I wrote on that one. Hey, We're you, gonna you, move you, on. No, you're you're correlating. You're not necessarily causation, but you know what. <laughs> <laughs> we know what they could be ret- it could be retconned we're gonna retcon yeah there we go yeah. Yeah. i yeah. wanted to say too before, like going back to the doors and then the not splitting the party so i just rewatched episode six this morning because i kind of crammed because you know that's the best way to prep for things <laughs> heck yeah um i started laughing because they filmed it they filmed this you know like during the pandemic but again i'm i'm like so into campaign three right now where uh, the party is called the Bell's Hells, and they did split the party, and they actually called themselves Team Front Door and Team Back Door, and they actually <laughs> had, like, a competition, and Sam Regal was, like, tallying, like, who would win, and I was like, wow, like, I know these things happened way outside of each other, but I'm like, again, don't split the party, and there's a back door, again. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, of course, Scanlan's joke about using the back door and everything. Uh, <laughs> I I I do okay. So this episode's ending ends with a knockout brawl out prison break fight, which is awesome and bloody. Um, which is which is great. We get as as I said earlier, Kaylith, um, Keyleth, Kyleth, whatever the. The um the the half elf druid there we go finally turns into like goes full saber tooth tiger form trying to attack Stonefell, um we get some I I that's not precedentization is it what Scanlan did where he it's um what is that called where he where he was captured and he made a image of himself Duplicate like that itself yeah. I was, I was about to say, I know that, that that is something that's like a mechanic in there that he was able to do to get away from them when he gets captured. 
by them. Also, Scanlan getting grabbed and captured is a big theme for this um for two of these episodes. Right. Because <laughs> he gets he gets grabbed by the, the the demon dogs earlier and then he gets um captured briefly by this. Also, I did forget to point out we are talking about food a lot. I really for some reason enjoyed Scanlan making a sandwich in the way sorry, in in, in episode four where where he's like where he's talking about making a sandwich and he's just like shoving his hand into the mustard and making the sa- <laughs> like the the most disgusting way to make a sandwich. Sorry, I I that that dawned me when I was talking about scale. I'm like, oh yeah, he did disgustingly make a sandwich. I forgot to mention that. But um, but Percy of course comes across um. Stonefell at the same time, Grog comes across booze, which the town doesn't have any, so he's excited because he finally gets booze again. Um, Percy eviscerates Stonefell. Oh my god. So satisfying. It's very satisfying. Overly satisfying. And then we get a quick glimpse of like him kinda like what's really going on with him. Cause there because it, I it's definitely alluding to that there's something more going on there. And then it's revealed that he's not the last Dorolo. His sister is still alive. With the Briarwoods. Dun dun dun. So Eric, any thoughts on this episode? Um, I they did such a good job in just the twenty, however many minutes long it is, of I, as we're discussing it. I mean, I just watched this episode yesterday, but I mean, as we're sitting there, kind of unpacking everything, I'm like they crammed a lot of stuff. I mean, in a good way, they crammed a lot of stuff into twenty some minutes. Um, well, I even skipped like there's um there's the whole setup with like Percy reconnecting with a few people. Yeah, for, yeah, I I skipped over that too, and that's they, all set up they, there too. But it wasn't it. Nothing ever felt like it was like not given its due time. They did a good job of making it seem like there was an urgency to what they were doing. And um, and they did a good job of mixing in the seriousness of of everything and also just kind of some humor. The, the door thing is fantastic. You know, the, this isn't a door. It's a thing of evil. And, uh, <laughs> getting getting the pee bucket thrown on and everything like that. I, I, they just did a really good job. Um because I mean, I've seen episodes of other TV shows that have tried to do, you know, hour-long TV shows that have had where they try to do something like this, and things just felt like rushed and like a big scatter shot of things happening. But I think they did a very good job of keeping this tight, but also showing these multiple things happening that that are really progressing the story along. So just very well paced, very well uh, structured episode. I I loved I loved it. And of course, Percy at the end, um, just terrifyingly uh shooting at Stonefell and um is it Vex? Which one is it? Vex is <laughs> this is gonna be an ongoing Vex, dude. Vex is Laura Bailey, Vexalia, and then Vexeldon Vax is and back. Okay. I always yeah. want to call Vex Vax and Vax Vex. Um and then <laughs> and then Vax showing up and him of course pointing the gun gun at him and that's that first time you realize that Percy might not be entirely in control when he's going on his uh, his crazy shooty McShooterson mode. Yes, yes. Oh, great stuff. Um, all right. Do you have anything you want to point out from this episode as well? Uh, yeah. So I well, number one, Percy made seven shots with a six shooter. So awesome. He did make a lot of shots. <laughs> I, I was counting it. And I was like, but you know, I, I, to be the contrarian to my dear friend, Eric, I actually found the pacing to be a little bit rushed. Like, <gasps> I'm coming from a D and D snob when I'm like, you know, I know planning takes like a whole episode and I get that they're trying to con- condense a very long campaign into, you know, a season, like less than a season, you know, because the first two episodes were exposition and backstory. But like I was watching it, I'm like, why do I feel like I'm being rushed? But again, totally opposite side. Like I get that they're trying to shorten D&D games, which take, you know, years and years into episodes that are, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. And I, I felt that it was a little rushed and, but that, you know, I think it's coming from that other side of the coin where, you know, you sit down with these characters for longer and you get a little bit more. Well, I'm I'm not try I'm not trying to push back here, but we all I also forgot to mention we did have the whole 
Um, Scanlon's beret thing that I didn't even talk about as well. Him getting him talking about the beret and being the leader of the revolution. So that was also in this episode too. God, there's a lot in this episode. No, I I, I definitely understand that. Um, well, and just. Kyra, when you and I have talked, when I was talking to you about, oh, hey, we're watching Vox Machina for, for Zingmas, you know, you were telling me about, because I, I, I didn't really know that much of the backstory about it being based on a campaign and just knowing that, you know, certain things were three hours long, um, that they were condensing down into like little minutes. Like, I definitely mm-hmm. see where if you are a big fan or are used to that kind of thing, like, I could definitely see where trying to cram all of that down into 20 some minutes would be frustrating or not as enjoyable. I, I totally get that. I don't necessarily find it not enjoyable. The thing for me that the pacing it's harder for me, it's the character development. And yeah. I think, I think they are doing a great job, but um, like, Oh gosh, I'm, I don't want to spoil future ones, but I'm just like, you know, I feel there was something that I read and I had, I agreed with like Scanlan to me feels the most one dimensional in this current medium because but uh and i think it's just because of that pacing mm-hmm. and i think you know he is the comic relief character but i'm like you know he is a vulnerable guy in the in the show and in, in the campaign and i just you know it's harder to fit things and if that makes sense absolutely i i mean he he is one dimension i i don't know him outside of this but he is kind of the i it's one of those things where they all wear the the comic relief hat from time to time. I mean, some of them definitely wear that hat more constantly. Or, sorry, wear that beret more constantly than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they all have their moments. I mean, it's very rare that Percy has that on or uh, Vex has that on. But, like, Vox. I, I f- feel like Vox, um, Scanlan, and Grog kind of pass it around a little bit every now and then. Of the comic yeah. relief, but most yeah. of the time it seems to sit on Scanlan, which, like I said, I don't know where we're going with this, and that's why I wanted to end this with, is I'm at a disadvantage now. I mean, like I said, I have a vague idea of where this is going from vague spoilers I've kind of read in, in talking about this and going over some stuff for this, but um, I'm excited to see where this goes. We, of course, had the name vanish off of the pepper box. This is six barrel, seven shooting gun gun that he has. Um, sorry, you've 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 got me thinking of action movies where I'm like, does does does, does she sit, <laughs> sit sit there and be like, ah, oh, the magazine obviously holds twenty eight bullets, and there was twenty nine shots fired. So mm, inaccurate. No, I'm, I'm messing with you, but um, but no, I mean it's. I, I didn't even notice that now. You know what? It's gonna it's gonna be one of those things where I'm gonna watch this show from now on counting shots. Of how many shots it takes. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see where it develops. Obviously there's something going on with Percy. Um, I know Pike's going to return at some point. So I'm just excited for that. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to in this. Uh, I, I know we, we've got three more episodes coming up and I kind of vaguely briefed over the description. So I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the next three episodes are going to be a good another arc into like because I think this I think we'll be arcing into the the home stretch of the final yeah. three. So yeah, next three yes. will be yes, very good. For yeah. Them. So I'm I'm excited the, for that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah, the last three because like there's twelve episodes total, so like seven, eight, nine, they're great, and then ten, eleven, twelve, they. You know, it's really the cherry on top. You got y'all are in for a treat. I I am excited for that. I'm excited. Like I said, with me, I know vague stuff, but I haven't seen it yet. So it's one of those I pieces have to fall into place for me. So I'm excited to see where this and, goes. And of course, I plowed right ahead. I was like, I can't not watch. <laughs> I'm I'm the tr- rest of this. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good with this. Um, it also I don't know if we mentioned this. It does have an official from Amazon. Um, thumbs up for a season two. So. Yes, they signed a two-year yes. contract. They signed like two seasons up front, so we are definitely getting a season two. Well, I'm I'm Amazing. pointing I'm pointing that out because due to recent episodes of Zingness and recent worldly events, uh, Netflix's stuff is up in the air. So thankfully, this is actually on Amazon. So yeah, yeah, as well as um, as well as Invincible, which has been renewed yep. of what till season three, all the way so- I think, to I think yeah. so. Yes, which um, which I'm Thank saying God. this now. I <laughs> one yes. 
Very much so. But I am saying this now on recording because I still don't know when this episode, not this episode, but when the episode Homelander versus Omni-Man, Omni-Man has to win. I'm sorry. Even though they set up the stupid thing with the with, with, with him being able to, butt, with Homelander being able to yell loud enough to bust eardrums, I'm like, I, uh, that's. Yeah, that, that, that's the only advantage he has. It, I mean, come on! It's it's Omni Man. Everyone's like, "Oh, he gets beat." It's like he gets beaten up by people that beat up. Uh, like it's it's not something like ah. I'm going with Omni Man, Eric. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm, it's got to be Omni Man. It's got to be Omni Man. I'm sorry, I didn't know this. That this slowly turns into a death battle retrospective <laughs> episode of me just yelling about stuff on there, though. For my love of Dragon Ball Z, and I don't know if I've said this on this episode, I do agree with certain versions of Thor being able to beat Vegeta. Eric? You know more about Thor than me, but um, yes, I, 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 as much as I was rooting for the Prince of All Sands, I'm, I'm pretty sure you you called that rightfully so. Yes. Also, I do love Death Battle. God dang it, we are. I, you know what? I, I should get a hold of them. And be like, hey, sponsor our podcast. You <laughs> use code um, Zingness at checkout for Death Battle merch, and then use their code for whatever <laughs> better thing they can get. But um, but no, they 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 said basically that um, that. Viltrumites are what would happen if Kryptonians were raised by were raised as Saiyans, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that is yeah. perfectly accurate. accurate, perfectly accurate. All right. Well, on that note, we are. Um, <laughs> well, of course, actually, we will be off next week for Memorial Day, but we will be back. We'll be back with some more nerdy content, probably uh, what we've been playing over the past six months. So. Definitely um, come back to check that out. But um, as always, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Maybe you'll be back for the next three. Hmm. Oh, anytime, y'all. If you ever want me for any D&D talk, if you ever start watching The Expanse, please hit me up. I love chatting about TV. Awesome. But also, it- I guess quit. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, if you wanted more Critical Role stuff with the Briarwoods after, you know, they finish all of this, I would say watch the one shot called Dallin's Closet and then Campaign 3, Episode 17, where you actually hear the uh, Sun Tree victim's perspective from Marisha Ray's character. So, ooh. Ooh. But on that note, where can people find more from you when you are not? Hold on. Rolling the dice. <laughs> when I'm not rolling for initiative or, you know, making really bad perception rolls, you can find me at my podcast, Stuff I Didn't Write, my dissertation on on Instagram at Stuff I Didn't Write. All right. Awesome. Eric, what are you watching or playing over the next two weeks? Um, I, you know what, honestly, I've kind of been in a, I, I, I've been a little under the weather, so I haven't really, I've been kind of watching a mishmash of, uh, of everything and I really haven't been playing much. So I got to find something. I'm, I'm in the middle of like three other games too. And I'm like not finding the, uh, the inspiration to continue with them. So maybe I'll just start a fresh slate. It's not like I don't have a billion freaking games, uh, to play. So, uh, or shows to watch. Yes. Well, aside from we'll figure con- something out. Aside from continuing, of course, um, our coverage of Avatar: The Last Airbender, which we'll be finishing up book two soon, I oh, yeah. would like to re- make a recommendation. Even though I've been hard on Netflix recently, I would like to recommend The G Word with Adam Conover. If you are a fan of uh, the Adam Ruins Everything, that thing where it's just adam conover going around the 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 guy with the hair from um college humor going around ruining all the stuff you like it's him going around and ruining um or pointing out um flaws with our government and stuff it's a it's a very interesting thing especially over like i said it covers stuff from the pandemic and everything and i'd highly recommend checking that out over on Netflix. Um, once again, I just added that to my list. Once again, not sponsored, but it is something cool. And um, actually, somebody I uh, podcaster I know wrote an episode of that show. So I know it, it comes fully around sometimes. So it's one of those moments I was like, oh wait, it's an Adam Conover thing. Yep, he was on one of the he wrote one of the episodes. Cool. So um, on that note, uh, you can Eric. Where can people find more from you? 
You can find me at Eric Berg and at Backlog Berg. And, of course, you can find me wherever – you can find Zingness wherever you find great podcasts and me, of course, on it. Uh, just search Zingness on Twitter, Instagram, and Zingness po- at Zingness Podcast. And um, we'll be back in a little bit with another nerdy topic. Nerdy topic. Show.